You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Michael Zarif, Product Director for Propel Ventures. Michael is an experienced product leader with a track record in developing and leading high-performing product teams with a focus on user experience. He has spent the last 10 years launching and scaling products in early-stage startups right through to large corporations, both locally and globally. Welcome to the Product Edge, Mike. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, let's jump straight into it. Can you give us an overview of your career to date and how you made the move into product? Yeah. Um, so, as most product managers I've ever spoken to, falling into product management was kind of just happened for me. Um, and it didn't start in the most uh, kind of common way. So, I started product management in the government, actually, of all industries um, for a department called the Business and Innovation. Um, and they had a website, which was essentially digitizing all manual forms for local councils and for government agencies. And that's where I fell into it. I started off as an analyst, as a digital analyst, and very quickly realized that the actual product itself needed work. Uh, and then started off as this weird title called a product manager. Uh, and then somehow found myself stuck in it for a decade. So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting way of how I got into it. Uh, and then from there, I kind of moved into corporate and to startup. So from there, I went to NAB and joined the NAB Labs team over there um, and, you know, launched a, a really new innovative product with them. Then moved on to Medibank where it was very much a large transformational piece. So, you know, a team of about 30 um, redesigning and replatforming their entire site as well as replatforming and digitizing a whole bunch of manual processes. Um, and then after that, I went to... Um, uh, Afterpay, which got a real taste of like, you know, the rocket ship of Afterpay. And that was amazing. And I got a real taste of working, you know, with dual time zones, which was amazing, managing uh, the US, Australia, and the UK time zones, which was fun. Uh, and then I moved into consulting for a little bit. And I've been doing consulting for the last couple of years uh, in, in product strategy uh, and capability assessment in terms of consulting, product consulting. Fantastic. And and look, um, Afterpay is where we we met. Um, yeah. My company, Middleton Exec, was fortunate enough to be involved in the process um, with helping you secure that position. It is a rocket ship, as, as you mentioned. And look, everyone, um, you know, has these rose-tinted glasses around joining a scale-up and what it means to be on a rocket ship. What, what does it really take to, to be on that rocket ship? Uh, for me, it was a bit of resilience. I think, um, and open-mindedness, I think, is the other one as well. Um, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Um, you have to be very nimble. You can't be too sort of robust and, you know, stringent in your thinking uh, because, you know, as, you know, you're having millions of customers and you're growing them every week or every year, you need to be able to be agile with a small A. You need to be able to be nimble. You need to be able to kind of flex where you need to flex. Uh, and you need to be able to do everything. Um, you know, I was doing... God forbid, I was doing design work when I shouldn't have been. 
but I had to, you know, because we just didn't have the, you know, the capacity on house. I was writing content. Um, I even, much to the developer's dismay, was writing code. So I learned how to do HTML. And I shouldn't have. I have no place in that world. But um, you just kind of have to roll up your sleeves and doing it. And what we end up building because of that is really strong camaraderie. So, you know, I haven't been there for a year and a half, but I still have a really strong group of, you know, friends that we've made because we've been through that together. Um, and uh, working in that kind of environment, you just, again, back to the first point is around that resilience. They're pretty high stress, you know, long hours. Um, but at the same time, it's very rewarding because working in that environment, you can able, you're able to see the impact and the value you actually deliver to customers. You know, you can very point out and go, oh, yeah, I built that product or I built that feature or that screen is mine. Um, and they just see the customers really use it and adopt it and, you know, commented on fate on the social. So, yeah, that's a, it, was, it was great fun. Really good insights there. And I think you said something really important about that resilience and um, and what it takes to be in a startup slash scale up. I think, um, you know, it definitely is an attractive offering to a lot of people coming out of, out of corporate, but I think it can be a bit of a, a culture shock and uh, um, how much you have to get involved in, as you've just said, you know, a bit of design, a bit of content, a bit of, bit of dev. So really, really great insights there. I guess um, I would love to get your take on product and what great product management looks like because I think um product is done so different between company to company and and what what one company looks for is quite different to another but sort of in your eyes what do you think are some of the fundamentals of what best product management looks like yeah so when it, when it comes to product management it really comes down to it all has to do with value and it comes down to the value that you know the team is delivering um and when I talk about product I, I mean it in a holistic sense um, you know, around product, engineering, and design, sort of that trio, if you like. And I think once you have that trio, that's what good product management looks like. Um, one thing I've seen in bigger organizations or even startups trying to do it is they don't, they see product with a capital P and they see really only as product managers or product owners. And then it's a very big disconnect between the engineers and the designers. Um, I don't really think that's how you add value. And it sort of diminishes the whole purpose of product management. So, you know, as a product manager, I can understand the customer, I can understand the business, I can, you know, um, really articulate what the problem space is and come up with a really good idea. But without my designers, without my engineers, it's just an idea. So, you know, you're unable to achieve that value without that team. So I think in, in a really short way, product good product management means you've established a really cohesive product org with which meaning that trio of um, players product manager engineer and designer fantastic and i guess and that makes me think about product management and how it's achieved or delivered or or the function in, in different environments so given your background and you you started off in government and you've done corporate and you've done consulting and um and scale up what what's the fundamental difference between product management in that corporate environment versus the startup scale up space? Yeah, um, so it's a really good example. So you know, I went from Medibank, um, really big organizations. Um, you know, they looked at product management as a product delivery um, part of the business. Uh, so it was very process driven. It was very um, you know delivery focused. It was you know, not so much kind of autonomy. So what I find in a startup or a scale-up is the differences around autonomy and speed and processes. Um, processes doesn't really exist all that much in a startup and a scale-up. You have, it's very lean. And again, 
you know, if you were to set up a good process, you wouldn't ask the product manager to write content or design, uh, but sometimes you have to. So for the sake of uh, progress, your sort of process takes a little bit of a backseat um, and you have a lot more autonomy and speed in a startup. So um, because the product isn't well-defined um, and the product space isn't as well-defined, there's a lot of gray areas with, you know, my product area and the other product area, you know, you have a lot more autonomy as your own individual product org to build out and experiment. Um, and there's also a big difference between a startup and a scale-up. In a startup, you don't really have a lot of customers. So you can afford to take a bit more risk. Um, you can't afford to experiment a little bit more um, while you are really articulating that value proposition, while you're really identifying what the best solution is. When you're in a startup, you have a bit more customers, but you still have that little bit of flexibility. Um, but when you get in a big corporate environment, you're talking about things that are going to impact millions of customers. You're talking about things that are going to impact um, a very well-established brand. Um, you have, you know, high regulation in certain instances. Um, so there's a little bit more rigidity around uh, the processes um, in a product management environment for a big corporate. But the advantages of that is you've got access to lots of resources. You've got access to lots of data. You've got access to... Um, you know, capacity that you wouldn't normally have in a startup and a scale-up. And I guess from what you're saying there, you know, it sounds like there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach with with product. And I guess that's quite different to engineering. Like I think engineering yeah. as a capability, you know, there are some very fixed engineering best practices and 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 companies strive towards those. But with products, yeah, it sounds like there isn't a one-size-fits-all and perhaps that's a good thing and there shouldn't be. W- would you agree? Oh, I totally agree. Um, I don't think we need to be um, you know, evangelical about product and product management. I think it sort of defeats the purpose of that. Um, it is a fit for purpose type of thing. The product management that I did in a startup at Afterpay or in a scale up or in, in big corporate is very, very different to another company or someone else might do it. And I think that's where it leans into the flexibility of a good product manager. You need to be able to go in and you need to be able to adapt to that process. Um, you know, there are certain, you know, um, fundamentals, if you like, in terms of product management um, and being a good product manager uh, to be able to kind of adopt that. And these are the things that are very consistent across regardless of the organization. You know, you need to be a strong strategic thinker. Um, you know, you need to have good collaboration communication skills, obviously very close to the customer. So a lot of data-driven decision-making and almost the, and I mean, first and foremost, the empathy for the customers. Um, but at the same time, it's that continuous learning. It's around the humility to know that you don't know everything. And I think that is the most critical thing in product management. And I find when leading and mentoring product managers, there's a fair amount of ego involved in product uh, and, and product managers that you may or may not have encountered um, because it is very, it can get very evangelical. Like this is how I do product and this is how product management should be done. And I'm not sure that's the best way to a, excel in the career, B, make it transferable, but also lead and mentor product managers as well. I think um, where you referenced there, the the empathy for the customers and and vulnerability, I think it kind of leads into having that, that curiosity. And I think if you have yeah. a curious mind, you, you are vulnerable. And um, I know sort of from a Middleton exec perspective, you know, I used to think that I had to have all the answers for for our customers. Um, but more recently, I've been approaching conversations with just curiosity and trying to understand their problem space um, so that we can better offer solutions to their actual needs instead of thinking I have to have the answers and I'm going to tell them what their answers are. Is that, Correct. you know, being vulnerable, asking questions and being, being curious. Um, you mentioned there 
data. And I think this is a really big topic at the moment, especially in product. And I know you and I have talked about this um, since before you started at, at Afterpay. You know, they were trying to become more data driven. Um, it, it really does blow my mind how many product folk aren't data driven or, or even yeah. businesses aren't. Sort of what's your take on on sort of being data driven and product being led by by data? Yeah, um, and I think it's it's more of a, a consequence in the actual problem. So I, I think uh, a lot of product managers in the industry that aren't data driven or organisations that aren't data driven is because there's no real need to be. And the reason I say that for is is it's a very delivery focused product management function that they would offer. So a lot of organisations I've worked with and worked for, uh, even in my consulting, you know, they view product management as you're purely just a delivery arm, um, and in that instance. They're not there at the forefront of the problem definition. They're not there to really understand um, the customer pain points. So there's no real need, essentially, to be able to be data-driven um, because all they're doing is really gathering a bunch of requirements and delivering it. Now, earlier on in the piece, I said there's not a one-size-fits-all about product management. That's not how you do product management. You know, I think that is only really achieving half of the value of a good product manager is throwing them into delivery and keeping it only delivery. Um, the expertise of product managers and the product team Engineers as well are a great source of insight um, and data as well, giving them the opportunity to be creative um, and the opportunity to speak to customers and come up with solutions. Again, if you're only putting them in a delivery function, you're losing half of their value. Um, so that kind of, again, blows my mind. And that's a lot of the advice I give to um, organizations when they are wanting to become data-led. It's the first part is understanding that the product management team or the product team needs to be full end-to-end. They're there at the problem definition, that they're at the solutioning, and they're there in the delivery. Um, that's how you get the most value. And then by that, you're almost compelling them and driving them towards data-driven um, and customer-focused decision-making. Um, and that's how you get the most benefit out of that, again, that trio and the product management space. Great advice. And, and you mentioned there sort of businesses you're wanting to be more data-led. And I think with you know, any best practices or as capabilities mature, you know, there's all these buzzwords in agile and agile transformation and all that was happening, you know, a decade ago. Product is, it feels like sort of getting to that space where you've got businesses wanting to be more data-led and, mm. and and the term at the moment is, is product-led. And I feel like there's potentially, you know, some misunderstandings or miscommunications around product-led and, and what that means. What does it mean to you? Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm actually doing an engagement right now. We're, we're having the exact same conversation. And um, I, I think a, a lot of the angst, if you like, but a lot of the angst that comes from hearing this product-led is they think that it's meant to be product management-led, which means a CP, CPO has all the power and product has all the power. And that's not necessarily true. That just comes from like a misunderstanding of what that means. What really product-led decision-making means or a product-led organization means is that the product team, again, that trio, is at the beginning of the process. So they are the ones going out and understanding the customer space. They are going out and, you know, reviewing the qual and the quant data. They're out there meeting with customers and coming up with ideas. Um, and that's what it really means to be product-led. It's shifting away from a delivery model, which the product owner and the product manager and the engineers just deliver, to them bringing them forward into the product delivery framework and product management framework. So what are the actual problems we're trying to solve? Um, what term that I actually can't stand, and it's probably one of the reasons why people get like a bit of a rash when they hear product-led, um, is a product manager is a CEO of the product. I, I strongly believe that is not true. Uh, that is probably the least true thing I've ever heard. Um, 
if you wanted to have an analogy of anything, you know, I think the product manager is more of like the customer support of the product, right? They're the, they're almost the glue. So they are the ones that tie the business strategy with the tech, with the design, with the customer and understanding how do you actually solve those problems. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of people to talk to. There's a lot of stakeholder engagement. There's a lot of collaboration that needs to be done. CEOs don't generally do that, you know? Um, and that's where it comes back to that humility and understanding that, you know, I'm not a lone wolf and, and product management is a team sport. And I try and reiterate that. So, you know, all the, the engagement from all my product managers is that it is a team sport. Without your engineers and designers, you can't execute. Without your stakeholders, you can't execute. Um, and that's what it really means to be product-led is the ability to understand, dissect the problem and come up with really innovative solutions to fix that with your team. Um, but also getting that alignment with the organization, actually speaking to the CEO and the executive team going, hey, we have this problem. Here's data to back it up. Um, and this is how we're going to solve it. So it's really about breaking down the silos within businesses between the business and end product. And like you said, getting them involved early on. What, um, what are the benefits of, of being product led? Yeah, um, I think the benefits of product-led is, one, you get a lot closer to the customer. Um, and you, the, I mean, first first and foremost, you get the most value out of your team. You get the most value of your engineers because they're not just, you know, um, cutting code. You get the value of the designers because they're out there speaking to customers. You know, you get the value of the product managers because they're there, you know, really synthesizing all that data, synthesizing the, the, the customer feedback, coming up with really innovative solutions, understanding the problem space. And it gives a really good, clear picture of your business and of the customer. Um, and it gives them a little bit more um, energy and freedom, I found, that by get, making an organization product-led, it, it breaks away A, those silos, but it breaks away the shackles of, we know exactly what the customers want. Um, you know, I've been in the industry for X years and I know exactly what they want. That's not really product-led. Um, being able to go out and go, actually, let's go speak to the customer. And again, it's putting the customer at the heart of the problem and going out and breaking those, you know, preconceived notions or preconceived ideas that may or may not be right. But it's really around understanding that we don't know what we don't know right now. All we have is assumptions. How do we go out and validate those assumptions? Uh, and it's putting a bit more rigor and process around why do we do things, not just the what and the how. Right. So with businesses that are product-led or claiming to be product-led, you know, customer centricity is is key. How I speak to so many product managers in businesses where they're not necessarily hugely customer-focused, you know, the customer um, engagement piece or the research piece or gathering all the information is with a different team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, I would say that's not product-led um, and that's not product managers. That's first and foremost, that would be my first thing. If you ask me to do an engagement for five days, I'm like, I don't need five days. Here's a 30-second spill about why that's not um, product-led. Um, I've also believed in that if you're a product manager and you spend all your time uh, in front of a screen and you're not going out talking to customers and you're not going out talking to your engineers and you're not involved in delivery, you're doing it wrong. You know, you're product managing wrong. Um because you know it's fundamental to your it's fundamental to the role. You know you can't be a product manager and not be close to the customer. You can't have that again back loop. Um, going back to the the previous thing that we said about around the empathy of the customer. How do you have empathy for the customer when you're not talking to them? 
when you're not going out and meeting them, when you're not listening to calls, um, if that's sort of, you know, off to a, another team to do, that is too far of a distance, you know. Um, same thing with um, a product manager that is not involved in delivery. You know, I know there's a lot of roles out there and I don't want to, you might bleep this out later, um, but I don't like safe agile. Personally, I don't think it's safe. I think it's waterfall with post-it notes. And the, ra- the rationale behind that is there's too many people, it's too process heavy, but also the product manager isn't close enough to A, the customer, because they send that off to customers, so to the researchers, but they're also not close enough to the delivery because they give that to the product owner. Um, how are you supposed to know the technology? How are you supposed to work well with the engineers? How are you supposed to be a- across the end-to-end of your product when you're not close enough to delivery and you're not close enough to the customer? Um, and I think that is one of the fundamental flaws, as many with safe, but that is one of the biggest ones is that they're not really utilizing a product manager's skill set as well as they should. Good point. I will leave that in, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with the benefits of customer centricity and 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 you know, arguably customer loyalty and um, and the benefits that you've mentioned. In your mind, do you see any drawbacks or or challenges? of being product-led? Um, initially, yes, it could slow you down. Um, but I'm a big believer in that you slow down to speed up. Um, and that's one of the biggest challenges when working with the executive team, saying, hang on, you want to do discovery that's going to slow us down. Um, and, you know, initially the first kind of wave before you get that wheel moving might be a little bit slower. It's, again, like any change management process, um, it's going to take time to get adopted. Um, and, and that's where I think probably the biggest challenge and the drawback is. Um, but I mean, it's it's very quick. It's not something that's continual. It's not something that happens all the time. That's really the first part. The second part is really being open to that change uh, and really being able to see the value in that change. And not a lot of organizations trust the process. Not a lot of organizations want to relinquish control. Uh, I've worked with a couple of organizations where, no, 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 marketing has the customer. We own the customer. And they were almost reluctant or, um, you know, prohibitive of allowing the product managers access to the customer. So it's breaking down those barriers. And, you know, like I mentioned, product management is a very, very collaborative role. It's a team sport. And if not everybody is there and you don't have high-level change, um, uh, like change agents and change leaders, it'll just fall down. Um, and I think, you know, being product-led, the big, again, another challenge is that it's not product management-led. It's the product team. And it's really changing that narrative around being a product-led organization doesn't mean that the product manager and the CPO has all the power. It's, again, just putting the customer first, but again, creating that trio, a strong trio of product design and engineering. That's what product-led means. And that is the biggest barrier today is breaking down that narrative and going, this is how it's actually framed. This is what it actually means. One argue if I'm playing devil's advocate that, you know, if you're product led, you're about keeping the customer happy. And then you've got all these customers wanting to add all these new features and, and they're just, you're constantly trying to please your customers. Could you lack focus um, and then a strategy? What do you think of that? Uh, well, it's an interesting point. Um, but again, it goes back to the round where if you are product led and you don't have a vision or you don't have a product strategy, then are you really product-led? Um, you know, you're just building again, right? There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no vision, there's no direction, there's no deliberate action. 
What it means to be customer-led is we know why we are doing the things. We know what our product vision is. We know what our product strategy is. Um, having all that customer feedback is a data point where you can kind of create ideas, you can generate ideas from that, um, and you get you know exceptional feedback from all your products to be able to iterate on it. It doesn't mean that you um, build everything that the customer wants every single time, you know. Uh, it's, it's just get another good, valuable source of data. Uh, and, but if your vision, it goes back to your vision. If your vision isn't customer centric, then you probably got your vision wrong as well. Um, so the very important part, the very first thing that you really need being a product led is that product vision, the product strategy and the cent, the customer is at the center of that. Okay. So. Being a product-led business means that a company's strategy and operations are centered around delivering a great product and customer experience. That sounds amazing. Is it really the right business model for all organizations? Um, tough question. Um, I, I would say so. If Well, I'll actually ask another question. Is there businesses without customers? Good question. Right. Uh, if you have customers, and customers could be, uh, you know, a, a spectrum of things. They could be um, people, they could be business, it could be a B2B, it could be a B2B2C. Um, have you articulated the difference between a customer and a consumer? That changes the, you know, the narrative a little bit as well and the problem space as well. Um, but I think most organizations would value from being product-led and really building up a really strong product organization around, you know, the, the trio again that I keep referring back to. Um, it's how you mold it and how you put it into an organization implement is going to change, obviously. And again, it goes back to the point around being flexible, being nimble, um, and, and being, you know, kind of humble with how you actually implement it. Um, cause every organization is different, you know, to your point, I know a lot of very tech heavy organizations, they build backend services and they build, you know, APIs and, you know, very, very tech led, which is amazing. Um, but what I find sometimes those organizations kind of create, have a lack of focus as well, um, where they lose their closeness to the customer. And that's where product managers will really come into play. Um, you know, they're out very, very solution heavy. That ends up building a lot of tech debt or a very bloated tech structure or a tech capability, um, where a product manager will kind of help bring that focus of the customer back into it and tell me, like, why are we actually building this as well? Um, and as a level of, prioritization as well. I think uh, one of the biggest roles of a product manager is to really be a sounding board for the team uh, and really uh, try to be objectively criti criti critical of all the products that's going in through. But at the same time, it keeps the team honest with the why are we actually building this? It takes away opinion. Um, it takes away kind of like the hippo in the room because it's like, okay, that's a great idea. That's fantastic. But let's go out and validate that. And it's a very much product-centric view, customer-centric view. Fantastic. And then I'm interested to get your thoughts on businesses that openly describe themselves as being a sales-led business or an engineering-led business. Is that in conflict with being product-led or can you have both or what's your thoughts there? I don't think it's in conflict. Um, you know, I, I think, again, you know, product is a, is a team sport that I keep saying, but, you know, sales teams are a great source of data as well, right? They're very close to the customer. Engineering teams are also a great source of data. They're obviously the ability to execute and actually create value. Um, 
you can be sales led, you can be tech led, but I think it's important to have the customer at the center of that of that product again. Um, and again, being tech led doesn't preclude or exclude a, an organization from being product led. They are part of the product team. It just changes the focus from let's just build everything to let's build the right thing. And that's what becoming a product management or a product-led organization means. Um, you know, when a sales team, they're out there and their job is to go and get sales and to make the business, um, you could be a sales-led growth business where rather than the product, the salespeople going, oh, this client wants this and we need this for the sale, or they, God forbid, it happens so many times, they come up with an idea themselves to be able to get the sale. You know, again, a, a product manager should work very, very closely with the sales team and it's two-directional. You know, the sales team are giving them feedback on the product and what are the clients saying. Uh, but at the same time, the product manager is feeding, almost arming the sales team with, hey, here's what we've got in the pipeline. We're building this. Here's the benefit of this product and really selling the benefit and the outcome rather than features. And it doesn't mean that the salesmen are, you know, it's no longer a sales-led organization because that's the avenue for growth. But it's a very collaborative way of saying, hey, salesperson, Look at all the benefits that we're building for the customer. You can go and sell this now and being that constant sort of feedback loop with them. Amazing. Amazing. So last question, if um, you're not a product-led organization at the moment and we've got some product managers listening, thinking, you know, want to start start this journey or even some founders, you know, what would be your top tips to or your top piece of advice to actually start this journey towards becoming a product-led business? Yeah, I mean, if if it's for the product managers listening, and you know they're in an organization which is like you know very much a delivery focused, is really start to be the change agent, if you like, um, and really start to show the the value of being product led, the value of being you know customer centric, um, and it's not going to happen overnight. And again, you know, in a in a large organization, these things take time, and. Like any experiment or any startup, you need to start small, create an MVP version of what a product org looks like, you know, choose um, a product or choose a feature or, you know, choose an initiative to say, you know, I'm going to trial run this process on this product. And then you're going to measure it and you're going to be data going, look what, what, look what we did, look what we achieved. So it's really applying, it's going to sound funny, but it's applying your product management framework to product management. Um, you know, you, you sit aside with your, your business or your team or your leadership team going, look, I have this idea. I think we can be product-led. Let's run a trial. Let's run an MVP of it and I can show you the difference. And it means two different things. You need to understand who your customer is, so your customer is the exec in this instance, and you need to be able to understand the impact. So you need to be data-driven. So you need to think about what were the cadences, what was the impact of the product? Did you ship it faster? Did you ship it better? Did you build the right thing? What, do you, what did you understand in discovery? Did you save time by, you know, invalidating an idea before it got to delivery and before you spent time and effort building something that won't work? Um, and it's really understanding the problem and actually having the data to be able to say this is why it worked or didn't work. I love that. Apply your product management framework. It uh, sounds simple and obvious, but I love it. Mike, you've been amazing to talk to today. You've shared so much with us. How can we stay connected with you going forward? Um, yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm just under Michael Zarif there. I've also got a webpage, um, which has a lot of my blogs. And, you know, I'll, I'll share this link on there as well. Uh, a lot of my articles, that's michaelzarif.com. Um, and there you'll find, you know, all things, my email. I think my phone number's up there if you ever want to chat. I'm always on a lot of the Slack channels um, and I go on a lot of the meetups as well. 
Fantastic. And lastly, what would be one piece of advice you have for product folk? Yeah. Um, so I think the advice for a product for people wanting to get into a product really is this try and fail fast. Um, you know, if you want to do something, commit to it and do it. Don't half-ass it. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me that I keep telling all my um, product managers and wanting people wanting to become product managers is stay humble. Um, you know, humility opens you up to learning. And this is a constantly evolving, um, constantly changing organization. Tech is always changing. And if you are open to learning, um, you'll get very, very far. Love it. Mike, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the Product Edge. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jade. Thank you for listening to the Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.